regular life occurrences just sort of amplify the kingdom. What I mean by that is like this week when I was at the dentist getting a root canal done, I thought how awesome heaven was going to be. <laughs> True story. Yeah, and, uh, and Mark and I, we've been friends for quite a while, and so it's just an honor and a privilege to be able to speak here tonight, or today. Sorry, I'm still in last night's mode. Um, one thing that I wanted to say, though, that is, I think we should take a moment and go, everybody came here from different points of their week and journey, right? So um, I just want to say, if you've had a rough week with work, family, family dynamics, friend dynamics, or whatever it is, if you bring that baggage in here with you, I'm going to give you permission. Not that you need my permission, but I'm going to give you permission to just throw that baggage off. Get rid of it. Throw it in the aisles. Leave it at the door. Just throw it, get rid of it. Because every time that we carry this baggage around ourselves, it's almost like, Jesus, we sort of got this. We know you died for our sins. We know that you paid the price and that you're willing to carry the load for us. But when we carry it ourselves, it's like, I don't fully need everything that you did for us, and I'm going to trudge along, and it just brings us down, right? So I'll give you permission, throw it off. Don't pick it up on the way out or anybody else's, okay? Just leave it here. Today, we're going to have some fun. We're going to try something a little bit different. Um, and we're here to fellowship, have fun, and uh, hear a message that God has laid on my heart um, today. So that's, uh, I always like to blanket everything I do in prayer. So how about we just uh, open with prayer and ask for the Holy Spirit to be present, and uh, away we go. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your love, forgiveness, grace, mercy, and go on for a long time just thanking you. You know our hearts, Lord. Lord, we just ask and pray that you be with each and every person here. Lord, we ask that you send your spirit to open our eyes and ears, open our hearts. Let us hear what you want us to hear. Convict us of things that we, we need to maybe change. Help us to become better representatives of you. And Lord, we just ask and pray that uh, you may be glorified today, Lord, and that this is the sole purpose of us coming here is to worship you, fellowship, and encourage each other. All glory goes to you, Lord. Please be with us today in this message, and every person and child downstairs as well, Lord. We just ask your blessing on that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right on. All right. Let's go. So Mark had asked me originally, he said, well, Derek, I said, uh, he says, you want to come and, you know, sort of fill Saturday and Sunday for me? And I said, yeah, okay, no problem. I said, what are you guys talking about? Where do you want, what do you want, where do you want me to pick off, right? Like, pick up and just sort of launch. And, and usually as someone who fills pulpits, uh, they go, yeah, yeah, we're working on this, and this is the text that we're sort of working through. And, go, and he goes, you know what? I want you to talk about your passion, and I want you to talk about you. And so I sort of get a little bit of goosebumps when I think about it because I don't like talking about me, right? Life's not about me. It's about him. It was about me for many years. I don't need to talk about me. Um, but I love talking about my passion, so I'm going to just give you a couple fair warnings. Or after uh, observing last night, a couple things happened. <clears throat> when we get talking about my passion, I get excited. When I get excited, I tend to talk fast, and when I talk fast, I move around a lot. All right, those are the three warnings you're going to get today. So if you get dizzy, put your hand up, say, stop moving around, Derek. All right, so those are the three. But I said... I'll give you enough uh, information about me to sort of get a picture frame. If you have any questions about who I am or where I've been or what I do, uh, well, that's not covered this morning. 
uh, come and talk to me after the service. I'd be more than happy to uh, have a conversation with you. Um, and But we're going to talk a little bit about our passion. So as you know, Mark is in a small group. Uh, he, I was told last night he talks about small groups here. I'm not here every um, weekend to hear his message. But he's in our small group in Simcoe. So um, I'm going to talk to you a, bit about, a little bit of the dynamics of that and what the reason is for that. Okay, yeah, perfect. No, you can, whatever you want to do, it's good for... <laughs> Good. So here we go. We're going to try to uh, talk a bit about myself and then what we do, and then we'll just sort of switch gears. And uh, I'm a coffee drinker, so mornings are pretty important to me. So bear with me with that. All right, so my name is Derek. I'm a tri-vocational pastor, church planter in Simcoe. About a year and a half ago, we planted the bridge. Let's see where we're at. Yeah. Um, in Simcoe, and uh, we sort of called it a non-traditional church plant, right? So if you were to come to the bridge, you wouldn't see something like this right now, right? That wasn't our focus from the word go. And the Lord laid it on my heart to plant a church focusing on community and discipleship. Uh, we embarked on a first life group back in February 2015. We started with uh, eight individuals, some saved, some not saved, um, and, and until... I guess recent, so we'd say spring because we paused a couple life groups, we call them, uh, for the summer. We had uh, three life groups going out of my house Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday uh, evenings for a meeting for about two hours, um, totaling uh, between 30 to 40 people that are allowing us to do life together with Christ. Now, that's accumulative. That's not each group had 30 to 40. My wife would freak out if I had 30 or 40 people in my basement, right? So... Um, <laughs> So it's been, uh, I, I call them brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Every time I get a chance to be, meet somebody that um, is a fellow believer, I consider it a privilege to be able to journey with them. So through these life groups, and I have to read this because I don't want to miss anything. Uh, through these life groups, we've seen the Holy Spirit teach, heal, grant wisdom, counsel, stretch, build relationships, challenge, transform hearts and lives. Um, now, I've got up here probably, yeah, so don't stifle the Holy Spirit. So what I've got down in the NASB version is don't quench the Spirit. Um, everything that we do, we bathe through the Holy Spirit. So who am I to tell the Holy Spirit what to do, right? We meet for a small group. We say, Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our life. Uh, we welcome you into this room, guide conversations, help us be vulnerable, help us in areas that we need to improve on. You know, you lead the way, not me, right? So, and uh, amazing things have done. We've seen individuals come to Christ, thirst for the word, do things they never thought uh, they could accomplish. But it, I got to say on the sidetrack, it's amazing what people will do through encouragement, okay? And usually we don't see the effects of encouragement until you see somebody that's been encouraged and somebody that hasn't been encouraged, Two totally different dynamics, okay? We're all about encouraging each other. We're all about lifting each other up. It does, anybody can point out faults in anything, but it takes a strong person to encourage someone regardless, and that's what we're focusing here at the bridge. But I don't want to get ahead of myself here, so who am I? Um, I'm, okay, so bear with me here. I don't like doing this. I'm an undeserving servant of Christ, born and raised in Simcoe, married to my beautiful wife who was here last night. Not She's making salads for a potluck we're having with the bridge today. Um, oh, hey, that's a good-looking guy. Um, but there was, uh, so I've been married for her for over 20 years, got two awesome children, 
uh, sitting up front here, Erica and Nick. Erica's 17, Nick's 14. Um, and I long to serve Christ. My youth included brushes with the law. To say that nicely, I've fallen to substance abuse in my earlier years. Um, I've been an entrepreneur, and I love anything with an engine. So I guess if there's four corners of a frame, there's pretty good four corners. Everything in the middle, you're going to have to talk to me to figure out what that picture looks like. So instead of working through another paragraph like that, which is sort of awkward, I went, you know, I'm going to write five sentences. I'm going to tell you who I am in five sentences. And let's see how that works. So I've, I, I've gone from the love of materialism in my life to being content. I've gone from being self-centered to others-focused. I've gone from acknowledging God to fearing God. And I've gone from eternal damnation to eternal life. I've gone from sinner to saint. That's all you're going to get. Needless to say, my life has been nothing short of eventful. So... I grew up in a church, claimed to know Jesus at the age of 16, never really gave him a second thought until I needed something, you know, wishing well Jesus, you all heard of him, right? Um, a lot of people do that, but okay, That's, that was my relationship, well, I walked away for quite a few years. Uh, then and only after the Lord getting my attention, so that would, yeah, we're get, uh, getting my attention in numerous ways. One of the ways is break, breaking my leg. Can you advance to the next slide, please? I'm, I know I'm a little ahead of myself. So I'm not sure if you can see there, but uh, a couple pins, plates, uh, screws. That's how the Lord got my attention. And then when you say to the Lord, I need a neon sign, be careful. <laughs> so he put me down for a bunch of years. And it never fully healed, right? So I, was, I had a job. I hurt myself. He put me down. And then I started searching. Searching as in, Lord, what am I supposed to be doing? Things don't seem to be going the way that I think they should be going. I don't feel fulfilled. I feel like I'm just going through the motions, you know? Go work. Collect a paycheck. Do this. Do that. Come home. I don't want to get up to go to work again. What's not going on? And so as I began searching, I talked to a few pastors, and we were chatting. They said, Derek, just start reading the book of Romans or start reading the book of Acts. Start working your way through that. You know, a lot of time in prayer. Well, I had lots of time to do prayer. I'm laying on, laid, up, laid up constantly. And uh, I started working through that. And, and, and through that, I, then I said, I know the, the Lord gave me his calling to go to seminary. So anybody that knows me, that um, school wasn't quite my forte, right? Um, so, and that's how I know God has a sense of humor. You think God doesn't have a sense of humor? He's got a sense of humor, right? Because I'm up here today. Uh, anyways, so I never thought of myself as an ambassador for Christ, but he had other plans. And so during my years in seminary, I started feeling the need to plant a church. Now, church planting has probably been on the radar for the last 10 years or so. It's really gained a lot of momentum. And so what is true? Every denomination has a church planting division, and they're trying to plant churches all across the world. Right? And so the seminary that I was in, the denomination came, moved in. They had a church planting area. And, you know, it's, it's like these guys are, they got everybody walking past. Like, hey, you'd be a good church planter. Hey, you'd be a good church planter. And they're just pulling them, the guys in and try to get them to plant churches, which is a good idea because I think we need some more different approaches to planting churches. But that was on my radar. I'm an entrepreneur, and I just knew that I didn't quite fit the mold. So, after past, helping pastor a couple churches over a few years, I realized that that mold was meant for me to go somewhere else and to plant a church, and so that's how we ended up here. But that just sort of compounded the reason why I felt the need to plant a church, and I'll tell you why. 
Uh, back in my youth, I was attending a church, and I took a course. Maybe some have heard of it. Uh, how many have heard of the Alpha course? Raise a hand, right? All right, it's an awesome course. Uh, Nikki Gumball or Gimbal or sorry, Nikki, if I pronounce your name wrong. But Alpha course was fantastic. I took the course when I was younger. I was on fire. I wanted to change the world. I wanted to do something. I wanted to make a difference. And I remember saying to the pastor that the church that I was at, I said, this course is awesome. I want to get up in front, of the, in front of everybody and just share with them how excited I am. I want to do something. And so he says, yeah, sure, get up there, Derek. So I got up there, and I'm not a public speaker either, and uh, my knees are banging so loud, I'm, I'm surprised I heard anything that I had to say off the pulpit. And I was saying, you know what? Uh, you just got to get on fire. We got to go do something. We got to go make a difference. This is what we're called to do. And I know they heard me because they were going like this, but in hindsight, it could be they were trying to not fall asleep, right? So I'm sitting, they're like catching themselves. And, and then later on, it just, nothing happened. You know, nobody stepped up. And, you know, so I needed guidance. I needed encouragement. I needed a mentor. I needed a coach. I needed an encourager, right? And, and so as passion goes, if you don't feed a passion... It's going to dwindle down, and a different passion is going to come in. So after a while, that passion wasn't getting fed. It just dwindled away, and I carried on with life. Right? And now, don't get me wrong. I'm not pointing blame. It was no fault of their own. They didn't have a discipleship plan or strategy. They didn't know what to do with me, right, as an anomaly. I didn't fit in to what they classified as church. Right? It wasn't on their radar. And so it got me thinking while I'm in seminary, so how many opportunities have we missed because we don't have a strategy in place for discipling people? We've never given it any thought. And so I said, we want to do something different. And so that's, that's why we focus on discipleship and small groups at the bridge. If somebody expresses an interest in something, you feed it. Sorry, Nick. I'm going to use you as an example. This is my son, Nick. He expressed an interest in baseball. So what do you do? You put him in baseball. Right? You encourage that. And then you see how things work out. And then you see areas that need to be worked on. Right? And so now how much more important is Jesus and the need to connect him with others? Someone expresses an interest. We feed that. We do what we can. So that's why we, one of the reasons we planted the church and we're doing things differently, and we call our church plant the bridge. We call it a movement rather than just a church because we want people to be moving around constantly. We don't want anything to be stagnant. Um, all right, this is where things get into. We're going to switch gears here, right? This is where we're going to try something that, well, we've done once before. It was last night. So it succeeded last night, so it needs to succeed today. Um, rock, paper, scissors. How many people have heard of that? Hands up. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> okay. So uh, basically, this is what's going to happen. We're going to do a rock, paper, scissors, uh, and it's going to involve audience participation, and yes, you're going to... I'm going to encourage you to move around, and so I'll set the parameters for you, and then when I tell you to go, we're going to go. So it was a lot of fun last night, so this is how we're going to do it. 
and I don't generally like to say this in church, but I'm going to divide the church right down the center. I want you guys to stay on this half. You guys to stay on this half. We'll reunite later so we're not staying divided, okay? Just so if that's on being recorded, maybe you can edit, you know, that whole division thing out there, Reuben, no? All right, so... Basically, what we're going to do, rock, paper, scissors used to be a game that we played if we were just bored or we wanted, not sure who wanted to go first at whatever it is we're doing. So it's, there's three things to rock, paper, scissors. There's scissors, right? That's how you do scissors. Everybody got? Paper, that's how you do paper. And that's how you do a rock, okay? So, and tell me if I miss anything, please. But uh, if, So you go, this is the premise. You go one, two, three. So you count to three, and then on the fourth, you make your... You make your image with your fist or whatever, right? And whoever's doing it against you. So uh, if someone does a rock and someone does a paper, paper covers rock, paper wins, okay? If someone does a rock and someone does scissors, rock smashes scissors, rock wins, okay? And what did I do? Scissors, paper, oh yeah. And if someone does paper and someone does scissors, scissors cuts paper, right? Everybody got that? If you're not sure, I can go over it again. It's okay, okay? So there's only three ways. Now, you have a 33.3% chance of running, we call it shooting the same thing. So if you do that, that means you get to go again until somebody wins or somebody doesn't win, okay? So what we're going to do here today is we're going to have everybody stand up in a couple minutes, a rock, paper, scissors, their neighbor, right? And then whoever wins advances. Whoever doesn't win, their sole job is to encourage the person that they lost to, okay? So, for example, can I, can I use you two guys as an example? Can you come up here for a minute? Uh, Nick and Erica, this, they love being pastors, kids. Come on up here for a second. <laughs> okay, so what we're going to do, I'll show you how this is going to work. And then everybody stays on this side and everybody stays on this side. So you guys are going to rock, paper, scissors each other. You guys are going to just and do it so that everybody can see you. So, you know, he's sunburnt, so I got to be careful where I touch him. Okay, so on the count of three, do your rock, paper, scissors, right? One, two, three. Oh, so scissors cuts paper, so you win. And then who won here? Oh, you guys shot. So that's a 33.3% chance. That's what happened. Okay, do it again. Oh, I think you cheated there a little bit, but that's fine. Okay, so let's just say paper covers rock. So, so Nick leads. So Erica's job is to encourage Nick, and your job is to encourage him, right? So this is all about encouragement. And hold on. I had to do this. Uh, it says here we do really loud, so we're gonna and we do fun. What else do you guys do? Uh, okay, so loud encouragement. We want fun. <laughs> yeah, second chances. Not right now. Okay, so anyways, you're encouraging Nick. You're encouraging him, right? So you get you can do it. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And so that's what we're gonna do. So now you guys find each other, and now you guys do it. Ready? So you got encourage, encourage. That's it, that's it, go, okay. One, two, three, go, ready? Ah, see, so scissors cuts paper, right? So this is, so now you're the leader, and now you two have to get in this train and encourage you, okay? So basically how it's going to end up is this side's going to have one leader with a whole bunch of encouragers. This side is going to have one leader with a whole bunch of encouragers. And then when there's one leader on this side and one leader on this side, you come up here and I'll officiate the last one. Thanks, guys. You can have a seat. Okay, any questions with that? Encouragement is huge in this. And um, it, 
if you can participate, I'd, I'd ask you to participate. If for some reason you can't, no worries, okay? So, uh, it didn't take overly that long, but you have to move around. Leader has to go find another leader to challenge, and everybody encourages. It's going to get loud. That's cool. It's okay, right? So stand up and start doing your rock, paper, scissors. Stay on this side. You guys stay on this side. When you're down to one person on each side, come on up. You want me to move that one? I can, well, I can just move the standoff to the side here. Come on, loud is good. Encourage. Stay on your side, guys, but encourage. We want to hear some noise. (laughs) Oh, you're the leader on this side? Right on. I'm Derek. How you doing, buddy? Are we down to one person on this side? Derek's the man. All right, come on up here, Derek. Everybody come up to encourage him behind him, too. We're going to have, sorry, your name is? Dave. Dave? Dave and Derek. All right. Dave needs encouragement. All right. Oh, Eric. Look at that. That's a, that's gentlemen. That's it. Okay. On the count of three, you guys can start. One, two, three. Derek got paper. This is a champion. <laughs> right on, guys. Grab a seat. <laughs> it's rigged. <laughs> I got to encourage people named Derek. That's right. I'll give you about 45 minutes to cool off now, okay? So. <laughs> Kidding. No, so 45 minutes. Right on. How was that? How many people are outside our comfort zone there? Raise your hands if you're outside your comfort zone. Dave, thank you. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people, right? And it was good. It gets you up moving around. So, so now what you guys just did was a movement, right? And, and so here's the interesting thing. A movement can't stay put anywhere. And if you were out of your comfort zone, that was one of the goals of that exercise. Because... Well, I'm going to go through this. If any questions, come and talk to me if I didn't quite explain myself right. So now imagine leading a team like that for winning others to Christ. A movement, doing it together. 
right? Encouraging each other, move with each other, common goal. That's a movement. That's why we planted the bridge in Simcoe, so we could do this, so we could connect with others to go to others, and then that encouragement behind us puts us in places that we wouldn't normally be, but we know when God takes you and puts you in a place that you're not comfortable in, amazing things happen. When you're outside of your comfort zone, that's when great things happen. See, a definition of a movement is a group of people working together to advance a shared belief, social, or political idea. It's working together for a common goal, a living organism. They're moving. So why did we do this experiment? Well, picture for a minute, we just sort of touched on this, is that every person that you, that you, that you got up and met was a, received the gospel message well, right? And then you participate, just as you participate in rock, paper, scissors, you know what? You shared the gospel with another person, they responded positively. Then as a group, you moved to another group, right? You shared the message, they responded positively. Your group's getting bigger, you have the same common goal, and then bigger and bigger. And so eventually you gain more and more momentum and more encouragement, right? So eventually you cover more ground together than you could on your own. Now, I know some of you are probably saying, yeah, but what if someone receives the gospel message in a negative manner, which happens all the time, right? Well, isn't that more important to be connected then with the group of people that can encourage you? When we solo it and we get negative responses, our enemy tries to shut us down, but if we have a group of people that we're connected to that can encourage you, say, you know what, I shared the gospel, and the guy just, he yelled at me, he did some funny hand gesture, and walked away, and we're like, yeah, yeah, me too, I had that experience last week, right, don't worry about it, let's keep advancing for the Lord, he's already won, we're just down here, you know, doing what we're supposed to do, sharing the message. We're moving forward, we're... We listen together, we learn together, we teach. So discipleship, whenever we do stuff together, that's discipleship. Now, discipleship, that term is not specific to Christianity, right, and to Jesus. There have been disciples of philosophers and you name it. There's disciples, it's people that learn from other people, right? It's to follow in the footsteps. So Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and I'm going to read it off there just so I don't have to read it on my notes. Uh, basically, if somebody says, what's the bridge all about? We'll say discipleship. That's the verse we're going to give you. What verse specifically? Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And whoever's been in my life groups know that we're big on this. Uh, It's called the Great Commission. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There's a lot of content in there, um, but I am always with you even to the end of the age, right? It's not like we're doing this alone either, but we work better in numbers, and you'll hear me say that multiple times. So discipleship, this is the focus of the bridge. Now, we do this in two ways, um, and uh, one of the ways we do is I have a business called 2717. I'm not here to promote my business, Okay. But it's 20, based on Proverbs 27:17, which says, just as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. That's discipleship, okay? We call it, uh, I call myself an exit strategist, I guess. The other way that we do discipleship is through our small groups. And just for the record, discipleship is for everybody. It's a command from Jesus, and that was a command for all. So it's his multiplication strategy right? That was the original multiplication strategy. 
and church planting, and that we hear a lot, and online, plant churches that multiply. Let's multiply our churches to plant more churches. This was once a church plant, too. It's multiplied, right? And so it's all about multiplication. And so how do we do that? By making disciples. Jesus instructed us to make disciples. That's how we multiply. And uh, to, to disciple, one must also be a disciple, right? So I have coaches. I have mentors that pour into me. I get a chance to pour into others. The furthest a person that I disciple lives on the West Coast. So it's not like somebody will ever reach the top and go, you know what, well, I am the whatever, I can't learn anymore, I'm just going to disciple others. A real true disciple is always learning as well. And you don't have to have a degree in seminary or whatever. When you journey together and you live life experiences and you're journeying along that path, you can learn from each other. I learn all the time, and it's awesome. But it requires a spirit of humility. Now, discipling definitely has its challenges. I'm not going to say it doesn't. But it's not also as difficult as you might think it is. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through. I like to have scripture-heavy messages. And one of the, one of the things that I, I wanted to include is um, we have four scripture references that are being brought up here. Write them down. Take a picture with your phone or whatever. Write the verses down. Um, I Basically, what I want you guys to do is think about small groups and discipleship as we look at these four uh, passages right here. And I'm not cherry-picking these passages, right? So the first one we're going to be looking at is Philippians 1.27. That was a message to the church in Philippi. So regardless of the context before or after it, this is good for us, okay? So we're going to go through these uh, four scripture, and just think about how, how this would work or how small groups would work in these, these, these um, four uh, references here. So the first one, uh, if we are to live and reflect the Christ as stated in Philippians 1.27, which is, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come to you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. So if you do this, if you conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we live as citizens of heaven down here, then we'll be making an impact in our family, workplace, social circles. It doesn't matter where we go. We're representing well, right? Now, if you notice, if you're, if you're going to look this up later, you'll see standing together, one spirit, one purpose, fighting together to advance the gospel message. That's what we need to be doing. That's what we do in small groups. Encourage each other to live our faith out as we're instructed here, as citizens of heaven, being that proper representative. So that's what we need to do. And that in our small groups and discipleship helps hone us and polish us in areas that we need polishing so we can better do that, right? Colossians 3.23, work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. That changes the dynamic if you work at a job that you don't like. Trust me. Right? Are you working for the person or are you working for the Lord? Because ultimately, sometimes the only God people are going to see is you. And I'm not saying that we're gods. I'm saying we claim to know God, so the only God they're going to see is our reflection of him. 
So if we're working at wherever we're working at, and we're not being very Christ-like in how we conduct ourselves or in our language, they're only going to see, they're going to say, well, that God, really? That's the God you represent? Well, I don't need any of that. And also, as we work, and we work as we're doing, working for the Lord, we have been placed in all different circles, right? Social circles, work circles. We have been placed everywhere. So I'm not in the same position you are in. I don't know what your circles are about. You don't know what my circles are about. You don't know what, I don't know where your circles are, right? So, but if we get to come together collectively as a group, now you can share with how your circles are receiving the word message, and, and, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody's sharing from their circles, and we can learn and go, oh, yeah, okay, well, if I encounter something like that, maybe I'll try this approach better. And once again, we're representing uh, the Lord, and we're trying to advance for his will. So we have to optimize our experiences and share with each other, Right? Uh, Colossians 3.17, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him, to God the Father. Do whatever you do or say, do it as a representative. So once again, we have to hone each other. We do this in small groups. We encourage each other. You know what? Stay on that narrow path. 1 Peter 3.15 as well states, instead you must worship Christ as your Lord of your life, and if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. And so here's... Here's what we do in our small groups. Well, first let me ask you this one. If somebody came up to you right now, right here, and said, give me a reason for your hope, for your faith, would you have a clear, concise, articulate answer on what the reason for your hope is? Like, you don't have to raise hands, right? But would you? Because here's the great thing. We're so busy in life. We never spend the time to be prepared for when this stuff happens. We got work to do. We got... Uh, but I've got two kids. It's busy, right? They've got schedules. We've got schedules. Being trivocational, you have schedules, right? You're busy, but you don't make the time and what it requires us to be a representative for Jesus. So if somebody asks me, say, what is the reason for your hope? And I've never sat down and thought about it. I might not give the, I might not be the best representative at that time because I don't know what to say. But when I get connected to these small groups, and there are some individuals here that have been part of our small groups. We sit down, we force ourselves through these things. Why do you believe what you believe? Articulate it. Why do you believe what you believe? Oh, yeah, that, that, that sounds good. What do you believe what you believe? Okay, that, oh, that sounds good too. Maybe I might borrow a bit of why you believe that and why I believe this, and maybe this will be how I articulate it next time. We, we work together. Our enemy wants us to be so busy that we're distracted to get away from the true stuff of doing community and polishing each other. Last page, and there's hope here. Small groups. This is where small groups come into play. Living a life for Christ is tough. And actually, 2 Timothy 3.12 states that we can expect persecution if we're going to live a life for Christ. Okay? If we're going to live a life for Christ and we're going to experience some type of persecution, and it's different depending on what part of the world you live in, I get it. But then why do it alone? Why not have a support network? Why not have a place where you can network, share thoughts, examine scripture, learn, teach, encourage, challenge each other, have accountability? Why not have that? These small groups are crucial for us. It, it allows us to pray together. It allows us to share in each other's joys and sorrows. 
uh, comfort and encourage each other, right? It's, a, it's important. It allows us to build community. It's a training ground. It's a building ground. It's a platform for growth. Now, as we've been planting this church and we do these life groups, I talk to people, a lot of people, and I say, so what do you guys think about small groups? What's your experience with small groups? And this is what I get. They suck. Oh, well, please tell me a little bit more about your experience, right? And they're like, well, you know what? Uh, the food usually sucks, and we got homework to do, and somebody's, you know, taking a position where they're telling us what to do, and, and it just, it's terrible. I'd never be in that part of another small group, and I'm like, oh, okay, nice meeting you. Thanks a lot. Um, no, you know what it is? It's a perspective thing, right? So we join into a small group. Are we looking at it to like, oh, we're going to go to another small group? You're like dragging your foot along. Not again. I've had a busy day. I'm so tired. I don't want to do this. Every excuse in the world comes up. If we look at it as like, we're going to go, we're going to encourage somebody. We're going to sit there and we're going to learn. This is going to be a growth platform. We're going to learn something that we can use to walk in our faith. It's going to be good. Changes everything. Who cares about the food? Who cares about anything? It's encouraging each other. Community. So, just going to wrap this up for a little second. We've only got a few paragraphs, honestly. And I'm doing okay, I was told. Reuben said, take as much time as you want, Derek. So, I appreciate the latitude there and the grace, buddy. <laughs> but, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want a prompt you're thinking about community and small groups here and discipleship once again. Keep that in the back of your mind, right? And why doing life together with Christ, together with Christ is so important. Okay, so how many have read Ephesians 6, the armor of God? Now, I know some of you know it. How many know about the armor of God? Good, okay. If you haven't, Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. It talks about, you know, the shield of faith, breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, uh, sword of the Spirit, uh, the sandals of the gospel of peace. Right? It, it, it shows an image of a soldier for Christ and everything he has given us to be prepared for his work. And he has called us to how to represent. So I want, I want you to get an idea of what this soldier looks like or with you in this armor or whatever. Yeah, okay, well, it's, I guess it could look like that. But anyways, it's, you're a soldier, I want you to get that, right? It also states in the same passage that war isn't of flesh, but rather it's a spiritual war, okay? So I want you to get that too. So with that in mind, and I'm going to do another thing that I probably shouldn't do. I'm going to have you close your eyes in a second and try to imagine something. It's always tricky this late in the message because sometimes people don't open their eyes when you ask them to, right? So, but what I want you to do is I want to imagine you're the soldier, okay, for Christ, I'm going to ask you to imagine whatever train you want to be in. So you want to be in the desert, you want to be in the city, wherever you want to be, and you're by yourself, okay? And I'm going to read a paragraph, and I want you to think about what, what that looks like in your head, right? I'm a visual learner. I know not everybody's a visual learner, but to me, I love doing these exercises. So, all right, close your eyes for a second. Here we go. Imagine for a second being a warrior soldier for Christ. You're out in the world trying to advance for Jesus, trying to spread the gospel, but you're being attacked. One person against all the demons and Satan. You keep getting attacked. It's tough. Often you consider standing down, wondering if you should keep fighting the good fight. You're one person trying to cover a lot of ground. Attacks come at you from all sides. 
you block one right in front of you, and then you have to turn around and block another attack right beside you. Then you've got to turn around. You're getting dizzy. You're turning around blocking attacks so much. You're one person trying to cover a lot of ground. It's like trying to swim against the current. Each day you soldier on, and each attack breaks you down little by little. Things seem tougher and tougher. It seems like the enemy is winning. You think long and hard about giving up. All right, please open your eyes. Thank you. If you can relate to that, you need to get connected. This is where we need to support each other. You feel beat up in your walk with the Lord? You need to get connected because the enemy wants nothing more than to have you be that lost sheep. Now, you can keep your eyes open for this one. Imagine you're the same soldier, but you have an army of other soldiers around you. They encourage you. You encourage them. You battle together. The bigger the army that you are now a part of is capable of doing things and reaching places you couldn't on your own. You strategize together. You pool your resource, talent, skills. You all pray together. You share in the victories. You share in the sorrows. But now your one shield of faith looks like a wall of faith to the enemy. And when one soldier doubts, the soldiers on either side encourage and continues to walk alongside that individual. Nobody is ever left alone. See the difference? Right? These guys used to lock arms together and walk forward with their shields. Right? One person can cover this. When you see one person walking together, walking by himself like this, it might be intimidating for a second, but when you see hundreds and hundreds of people locked together walking, that's a wall of faith. That's what we need to be doing with each other. And the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is in you. And that's what we have to encourage in each other to open up and allow for leading. So why, why, this is why small groups and community are so important. So just like the rock, paper, scissors exercise, you started by yourself, you soon connected with someone else, and you became a group. You encouraged each other. And so as soon as we don't care who gets the credit except for Jesus, amazing things can happen. We're called to live a life of action as per the book of James. So you know what? Let's do it together. We are better in numbers. And if there's any way I can personally help you in your walk, I want you, don't hesitate to contact me. Mark and I work together. We have a kingdom mentality, so it's not about who's where and what's doing what. If we can help you advance in your walk with the Lord, we want to do that, right? Talk to Mark, see what small groups would look like here. Talk to uh, one of your leadership team or somebody and talk about what discipleship looks like here. But we need to start advancing a little more aggressively. Let us pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, just thank you for this privilege to be able to journey with each and everybody here. We thank you for all your provisions. We thank you for the work you're doing. We thank you for opening our eyes to see where you're working. But we thank you so much for the work that you're doing that we don't see because we only see a small amount. And Lord, you're awesome. You have plans. And, And we need your strength and help to advance forward, to encourage each other. We need to be focused on you and how we can help you 
Lord, you don't need us. But we want to serve you. Please show us how to encourage each other. Please show us how to make these small groups. Please help us to advance for you. Help us to be that better representative. Help us polish each other. Have a common goal, one purpose, one spirit. Lord, we just, I ask and pray, Lord, that you be over, send a blessing over everybody here today. Lord, and everybody comes from different walks, Lord, that they can leave their baggage here, that they just lean on you. You will carry them through whatever it is they're getting through, but that you are the focus. The baggage gets dropped here, and they leave it here, and they start this week focusing on you. And Lord, we just thank you for your love and forgiveness, because whatever it is that we're going through here pales in comparison to what you have promised us in eternity. Help us to have the strength to continue on to advance for you. Create that joy in our hearts, Lord, to be focused on you. All this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.